You're listening to Good As Hell. I'm your host, John Rutherford. And I'm Rick Hampton. How is it going, mate? How was Cornwall? Cornwall was fabulous. Um, yeah, just down there for a few days. Went, uh, stayed in a place called Rock. Got a cheeky little ferry over to uh, Padstow. Uh, or Padstein, as the uh, locals refer to it. What do they call it? Padstein? Uh, what's what that a reference Pad- to? Frankenstein's Pad- monster. Rick Stein, you burk. Oh, Rick Stein. Oh, he I owns, like Rick. He owns all of all of Padstow, basically. Long story short. No, well, good for him. Yeah, and guess what? Oh, so we went to his restaurant, and yeah. uh, and there was like a very reasonably priced uh, two course dinner. Um, yeah. So so she asked what we wanted for the starters, and I chose and I chose the herring. Uh, which is like cool. you know described as herring melts on a on a brioche toast or whatever, and I was Did like, oh, yeah, herring melts, melts, yeah, yeah, and uh, and we she went and I went, oh, so I'll have the herring to start, and she went, oh okay, yeah, the herring melts, yeah, and I was like, yeah, okay, uh, and then they arrived, and I was like, oh, these don't look particularly herringy. So ate a bit, it was delicious, and then I fucking googled what it was, and I wish I hadn't googled what it what was. What was it? I don't want to tell you. Gone. Come on. It's the it, they. <laughs> uh, the other name they use for it is soft row. So it's oh, like, so it's the. Uh, no, it's the male version. It's the jizz. It's it's jizz, it's jizz in in the in the, within the fish's kind of genitalia though. So it's not just like sauce. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's fucking. Jizz is the ultimate sauce. Gen- genitalia filled with jizz. Off a of fish. I mean, I'm not going to... It's not top of the class when I'm choosing what I'm going to have to eat, but <laughs> I think you're being very squeamish. I mean, we... I, my, I'm not my favorite, squeamish. My, one of my, I fucking ate it, mate. What do you mean? One of my favorite um, cuts of um, steak is the ribeye. And you know what the eye they're referring to is, don't you? What? Jap's eye. No. Don't be retarded. You know, we were talking about lies that we were talking about. That might be the, the dumbest podcast. thing you've ever said. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But you know, we were talking about lies and the oh. gullibility of our wives. Was that on the podcast or did was you, that? Did you tell Charlie that? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. I think I could. I think I could convince Charlie that um, ribeye steak was thick, fat cow dick. John, you what's what's the deal with your new technique, the microphone technique? Um, right? I remember listening to, when I started listening to podcasts back in the day. I remember someone describing how you need to be up on the mic like the mic was a dong, and uh, that's the that's the model. So Brilliant. I'm just resting my Brilliant. so so, rest, so I've been telling you this yeah. for about six months. What's your point? And you and you disregarded, but you remember something someone yeah. else told you. No, it didn't even tell ago. me. Told someone yeah. else, if anything. Fucking brilliant! Cheers, mate. Well, it's good though because I just look like uh, it's like I'm having a conversation with the back of someone's fist. Sorry, mate. Um, how did? Uh, do you have any good feedback from the live episode? Uh, everyone seemed to have a jolly gay old time. Um, I haven't. I, I don't think I've fucking seen anyone since it went up. So. Because uh, it was on holiday, so and the only people I know who listen to it are people I work with. So, yeah. um, AP was um, asking on Twitter today if we could get Jane Kemp on twenty four hours a day. Yeah, she's a good egg. Did we talk too much about cricket? I mean, yeah. Any any discussion on cricket was too much. So one second, mate. I believe I've yeah. just turned my fucking computer off. What is going on? Should we just not bother? This is cursed, this episode. This is episode two. Oh, fucking hell. Sorry, so, one second. It's it, genuinely, it's just... Are you actually not recording? I don't know. The screen's just gone off, but I think I actually... No, I think I've worked out what it is. Oh. Did you put it into standby? No, no, no. No, I don't think I did. Um, tangled up in blue... There we go. Right, it's fine. Dick. It's fine. I just turned the screen off. Ah, good. We'll leave all so that. We're still in. recording. We'll leave all that in. Um, yeah. Oh, bigger dance with them. Um, so I saw on um, on Twitter. This is coming in from um, T. S. Steinbacker, 
aka the big guy on uh, Twitter. Um, I went to college with a kid who claimed to have designed custom trip pants for Limp Biscuit and Corn, and when pressed for evidence, came back for a holiday break with a handwritten note that said, "Thanks for the pants, Fred." <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are custom trip pants? I don't know. I imagine they're those that like, fucking awful like um, jeans with all the straps and jeans. Stuff. What were they called? Jorts? No. What were they? What well, jorts he used to wear? Yeah. No, what were they called? Um, je- je- jorts, jeggings? jeggings. No, not jeggings. They're leggings. They're jeans. They're called like yeah, jenkums or something. Jankums, jinko, jenko, jenko jeans. There you go. Jinko jeans, jenko jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, so that that got me thinking. It got me thinking. What was the what was the most like ridiculously over lie that you um have ever tried to sell to somebody? I tried, when I was very young, I tried to persuade someone in my school class that uh, my granddad lived at Hampton Court. Hmm. That's uh, a beautiful a tri- child's a, lie, isn't it? Like on a on a trip to Hampton Court. <laughs> oh, my granddad lives there. Oh yeah, where yeah. is he then? <laughs> in oh, one of the yeah, rooms he's busy today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he's, my he's homeless. Doing, doing a weird buzzing noise now. Oh great! So this I is perfect. You, can you can you can you hear that? No, but I can always hear like a rustling sound via the FaceTime. There's oh, always like a... Yeah, you know what that is. Yeah, it's your beard, isn't it, on the microphone? It's a microphone on my beard, mate. Something you should be yeah. used to, buddy. Yeah. We've had... I'm, um, I'm a bit disappointed we've had zero feedback about your hilarious hat. No, I was, go- I was Googling... Um, I was thinking about buying another one, so I was Googling Paperboy hats... Yesterday, yeah, yeah, but it's difficult to um, it's difficult to tell online whether you know whether I'm going to like the hat. I mean, that one was just an emergency purchase, and for some reason, I think it's just found its way. I think if you're a bald guy, it's not a bad idea to have um, a, a bit of hat game, a selection of hats. Yeah, a selection of hats. Yeah, I, I was watching um, completely. We just completely ignored my own topic and just moving on now. Um, but I was watching um, just TV randomly the other night, um, and there was an episode of I don't even know what the program was. I can't even tell you really for sure what the format of the program was, but it was on E4, and it was about like hairdressers. But it was like you know embarrassing bodies. Oh god! But yeah. It was like that, but but for hair. All oh, right. So, so there's this there's this guy from Sunderland on. He's potentially he's the gayest man <laughs> that's ever lived. <laughs> Certainly the gayest fella from Sunderland of all time. And oh, he's yeah. got. A, I'm gonna let me let me paint a picture for you. He's got a um, he's got a bandana on, and he's got like sure. a bouffant hair. You know, like Silvio in the in um the Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. He's got that kind of booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's talking to him, and he's like, "Right, I'm going on holiday to Ibiza." This is a voice that I can actually do. Right, I'm going on holiday to Ibiza, and all the it girls and all the it boys are going to be on this holiday in Ibiza. And I can't go with my hair in the state it is now. Now I've had my hair transplants put in, and they go, "Wait, but you've had, you've got hair transplants?" And he's like, "Yes." Well, your hair looks fine. What are you talking about? He's like, "Let me show you." And he takes the um, bandana off his head. Oh, God. He unclips the bouffant, takes it oh, out various no. clips, yeah. pushes his hair back, and he's got a full nutkin. He's got oh! a full Terry nutkin. <laughs> and, but when he pushes it up, it's like... It must, that must be fucking well long for him to bouffant. It was so long. And, he was, and it was like... Imagine like a... <laughs> I don't know, like a... Um, it's like the world's Rena- greatest comb-over. It's the world's greatest comb-over. It's like, imagine <laughs> like a Renaissance-era painting where like the saint has like a halo, but that halo yeah, is yeah. just like <laughs> strands of hair. Oh, and anyway, dear. they're like, what the fucking hell have you got on your head? And he goes, he goes, well, I've, I've, I've had the hair... Tra- I've had the hair transplant done, um, but I can't keep my head covered... So you can't wear a hat. I'm going to stop doing the voice now because it's probably right. homophobic, if anything. And it's right. also not too far away from my own lispy voice. So, you know, yeah, just undermining myself, if anything. Um, sure. And he goes, uh, 
I've had the you know, guys, I've had the hair transplant done. Can't wear a hat, can't cover it, can't wear anything tight. He goes, What can you do for me? So they get a pissing wig. Right. They Surely that's tight. They no, like it it affixes to the his hair at the back. I don't know right. how they do it. They're these guys are magicians. And then they cut it right. in and he's got a great hairstyle. <laughs> and then at that point what, just, while hold on, so what so he got he no, got cut he off got all the plugs. So he you no, know, he's got a hair transplant. So you know they take a they take a oh like a pelt of hair off the back of your head and yeah. they basically move your scalp down. Yeah? Yeah, and then they do something else as well. I don't really actually now I've said that, I'm not sure exactly. I'm not hundred percent. I thought it's it just like I thought it's just like fucking plugs like old Rooney no, did. That's plugs. Right. That's something different. So if he had the transplant, why was his hair still shit? Because it hadn't grown in yet. Uh, so he just had the transplant done. It was gonna be a f- it was gonna be you know a good six months before his hair's grown in properly. Right, but right I'd right. say good luck to him because it must be hellish. He was probably about if I had to guess his age, I'd say probably about twenty four. Just shave your head. Just shave I your head. Get on with it. Just shave your head. I haven't gone Own full it. like big shaved yet, but I know that's in my future. Yeah, I still like to just keep it wispy up top. Yeah. You know, but I still, I still go, go. A, I still go a one on top and a zero around the sides. I don't mm. mess around, Rick. And then That's I the have the man spend forty-five minutes individually plucking out beard hairs so that my beard's is even as perfect as it can be. <laughs> there you go. There I you think, go. Uh, I think um, Jason Statham has done wonderful things for the for the Jason board, Statham, Jason Status, Jason Statham. Yeah. Why yeah. has that not been a thing yet? Jason Statham, Jason Statham. I thought the first time I heard of Chasing Status, I thought it was two blokes called Jason thought, Status. No, no, I thought it was sorry. I thought it was Chasing Status. Oh, okay, maybe it is. Maybe that's like a maybe it's a a, a double Chase, entendre. Chasing Status. So did so so did Lena. There you go. Okay. It's probably better that, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So lies you told you told your grand you told your um. Uh, mate, uh, when you were probably about, if I had to guess, nine. I don't know. I don't fucking know. When? When? Oh, I was going to ask you when we went on the school trip to fucking. But I don't know. Court, but you, you didn't See, this know is where Rob so. would uh, would be yes. able to come on the podcast. The perfect filler. Yeah. And then Not he wouldn't have to have sex dreams about us. Yeah, do you want to give? Do you want to? Do you want to fill people? Yeah, in do you want to hear? So Rob's, who you know, he's not here to defend himself. So this is hearsay, but this is this is it's not, well, it's hearsay. not hearsay because he's <laughs> reported. Yeah, he yeah. told us. What's that? Yeah. This is like second hand. This is a second hand statement. Yeah. yeah, this is like when uh, I mean, we're obviously going to ham it up to make. If it If you ever get worse. arrested by the police and you go to court, say you went and did like you robbed like seven banks or allegedly robbed seven banks, Rick. And you got arrested by the police, and then in court they'd be like, sure. "Yeah, and we found the suspect with banknotes from the robbery on his person. He had a sawn-off shotgun um, in his kitchen, which was fitted the description of the gun used in the robbery." And then they do this, and uh, when we arrested him, he said, "Well, I thought you'd find me sooner." And you've never said that. It's called verbiage, yeah. And the police right. are allowed to make those statements of what you supposedly said in court. Well, I don't know if they still are, but they used to be able to do that because I've read it in loads of books. Anyway, so yeah, so this is what Rob said. So they're allowed to they're allowed to make things up in court in a court of law. Well, no, because it's because they're police. Their their testimony is given a certain weight that they're kind of a little bit beyond reproach. Right. A lot of people have gone to prison because police have um, like effectively lied under oath. Um, but, and it's but the weight of their testimony is so you know it's very rare for um, a policeman to say something in court and the jury to go against the the police testimony. Yeah. Anyway. So, well, I think that's probably so how it should be. What I'm saying is this is a bit officers. verbiage. Why are we talking about this? It, uh, but Rob um, the other day admitted um, to Rick and me that he's been having rev- he's been having vengeance fantasies. Um, this is a newly married man. Yeah, not dreaming yeah. about his lovely wife laying in the bed next to him. He's no, he's dreaming no. about me and Rick, and more specifically, dreaming about murdering me, so that uh, <laughs> he can. We can only assume take over my spot on the podcast. Little does he realise <laughs> that if he could just see that bit's conjecture. That bit is conjecture. But to come yeah. on, 
we're connecting very close together dots. We're not connecting fucking Northern <laughs> Ireland with Burundi. He's he's got he's got such such deep hidden jealousy issues that he is dreaming that me and him murder you, yeah. and then together me and him hide the body. Yeah, and then when we get caught, he takes the blame. Yeah, for you because he's such a good because you have because he's such a good guy because his love is yeah. so pure. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you now, um, poor you, boy. Do you think the biggest lie that Rob has ever told um, is that he's um, not deeply and passionately in love with you? Do you think the biggest lie that he's ever told is <laughs> his wedding vows? Yes. <laughs> He was looking at me over his wife's shoulder. I'm sure he, he was. Them out, so Did, he, were yeah. you mouthing them back to him? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like that girl in the uh, in the front row of the Indiana Jones film. What in you had? Classroom. I love you written on his eyes. On on my eyelids, yeah. and I was just slowly blinking at him while he was trying to read. Mate, are you are you chegging Wyro Cove out of the bottle? No, I'm kegging, which I don't think is a term. Um, Oyster Bay. Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc. You're chinning Oyster Bay. It's easier than Sauvignon trying Blanc to drink it from out the, the glass. Because I can put the lid back on it. Fucking hell. I don't think that's a good excuse. I do what I want. Um, I well, I mean, that's a good excuse. I once told... Um, do you remember Redhead Fran I went to uni with, went to Farnham with? Did you sleep with her? No, 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 no. no. She was my flatmate. I do vaguely remember. I think I only met her once, though. So. Anyway, I, I love it when you call it uni. It was uni. What, Farnham College of Art? Yeah, the Surrey Institute of Art and Design is a <laughs> university. Thank you very much. Farnham College of Art isn't. Well, because that's not where I went, so... Uh, went, you did get it. Yes, you did. I went to the Surrey Institute of Art and Design. Thank you very much. Sorry, where was it? Farnham. And what uh. was it? <laughs> College <laughs> of what? Art. <laughs> And I didn't do a degree there. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, he, uh, is it she, a university? I convinced her. Shush now. Um, I convinced <laughs> her. <laughs> I convinced her that um, the my dad was the lead singer of the Jay Giles band. You know the song. My blood runs cold. My memory has just been sold. My angel is a centerfold. I convinced angel her is that, a centerfold. Yeah, that, that was my dad because he. Who, had, what's the name of that band? Jay Giles band. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, did she? Did she believed you? Yeah, she believed me. She bought uh, the lie. But the reason that she believed me is because I don't know why I was just like messing around. I told that song came on the radio, and I just like thought I get away with it. So I'm like, oh, my dad, lead singer. <laughs> <laughs> and when she um, like ages later was doing like some other research, she saw the video for that song. And yeah. the guy had a receding hairline and a beard. <laughs> and she went, oh yeah, I can see the resemblance. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was, a, that was a stupid lie that I told. Um, oh, I also, told my, um, I also told my uh, old boss that um, I could drive a car when I couldn't. Oh, wow. So he got a uh, rental car. Um, and Handed you the keys. And yeah, and he was like, I can't be bothered. We had to drive down to Bristol. Yeah. He went, I can't, I can't be fucked uh, to drive. You drive, I'm going to have a nap in the passenger seat. And I, and I was too terrified to tell him, so I drew, drove it down the M4. No, you didn't. Yeah, I fucking did, yeah. It was, it was a, it, a, it was an automatic. No. Was fine, it's like driving a fucking go-car. And B, I can drive no. a car, I just haven't passed my driving no. test. <laughs> Is that actually fucking true? Yeah, it's actually true. What job? What job is this? It was when I was a. All right. <laughs> oh God! How many times have you? Drew, how many? How many lessons have you had then? I'm amazed you were confident enough to do that. I've had probably fifteen lessons. Fucking hell, boy! Um, Why you just do your test? I had, I had three lessons with my last driving instructor, and I hadn't genuinely. I hadn't had a lesson for seventeen years. Yeah, for seventeen years since I was seventeen. Yeah. Um. So probably at that point it was like eleven years or something like that. Anyway, yeah. so by my third lesson, he was like, "We can book your testing now if you want." Yeah. Because it's easy. It's once you learn the clutch control in the car that you're driving, 
I don't need to tell you how easy driving is. No, no, the difficult yeah. part is yeah. not having a panic attack when you realise that you haven't been paying attention for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> you don't know where you are. Okay. <laughs> I, that's, that's, that is an incredible one, John. And You made it all the way to Bristol. And do you know what? Are you sure you want to be talking about this? Do you know or? what? Do you know what? Just made that that's up. a lie. Just made it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a knob. <laughs> That's like the inception. That's a lie within a lie within a lie. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I would have known about it if you'd have done yeah, this. Yeah, of course I would. I would have fucking FaceTimed it. My boss is asleep next to me and I'm going, Ooh. <laughs> No, I would have died. Oh. I would have died well, screaming. That's a good lie. How long, did you, how long did you take to come up with that lie? I just thought about it on the fly. You didn't just make it up on the spot. I didn't just made it up on the spot. No way. I think, no, I think I might have... I think I might have told a, a lie based off of that years ago when I was a bit spangled up on a oh, night yeah. out. Yeah, because I'm, yeah. I'm a prolific liar if I think it'll get a laugh, like if it's a good story. Okay. My my attitude to life is uh, if the choice is between printing the, the truth or the legend, print the legend. Oh, well, that is why... You are not a journalist. <laughs> and that's why and that's why both my Pulitzer Pulitzer Prize <laughs> um was rescinded, but also my book History of Myths has been a, been a large bestseller. <laughs> Did you know that there's a, a fish called a dongfish and it has like hanging off of it, it has like a Imagine if I had a testicle the size of a Ford Fiesta. Right. Just with like a with like a I don't want to imagine with that. like a four foot bit of rope attaching me to it. And I just had to just drag that around. Why? The horngus of a dongfish is attached by a scungle to a kind of dill sack. The nut sack. <laughs> this is completely made up. There's not it is. Everybody, What's it called? A dongfish. A dongfish. D O N G. Yeah, the horngus is its giant testicle. Where are you reading this? Because this is bollocks. This is um, off of Wikipedia. What? Dongfish, Wikipedia. Yeah. Google the dongfish. I just Googled it. There's nothing. It's not coming up. No. Dongfish Wiki. No, I don't know. I found it on. Uh, I haven't done my oh, research. I found it on. Um, this is from um, <clears throat> KF's channel. 95 f95 on uh twitter put this oh, up and i've i've yeah, prejudiciously taken it as a uh as as, as fact so he's lied yeah, to me bollocks. yeah and you bought it okay um is it is it too late now to talk about conor mcgregor no oh actually i know what i want to talk about first who is andre ingram Andre Ingram. Tell us the story of Andre Ingram. He's he's a basketball player who um, who's like thirty four years old or thirty five years old or something like that. Mm. So for a professional basketball player, he old, um, and uh, he spent ten years playing in the NBA development league um, for the like the NBA development leagues. Like, the Lakers, they have like, like development team. Yeah, so they have like affiliate teams to each of the NBA teams, so, and they're supposed to use them to develop like young players who aren't quite ready, haven't got quite the talent to get into the NBA. And he played for a development league team associated with the uh, Lakers for ten years, uh, and then uh, finally got his call up to the Lakers, uh, and in his debut, absolutely fucking smashed it. He's got the like poured, highest, poured in the points. Yeah, in, he's like, got the highest minutes. points total of a rookie debut um, since like the sixties or something. Yeah. Should be rookie of the year. I mean, he shouldn't. But I mean, he shouldn't. It'd no. Be a nice story for him. So, did they just yeah. do it to him to be nice, like because he's like coming to well, the end of his I mean, career? He, I mean, he he was. I don't know. I don't know why they did it. I guess if they were, because usually what happens is if they've got injuries or that you know, like or someone is genuinely showing um, uh, promise, like they they could actually be a a, a um, contributing player to the squad, then they call them up. So I can't think that. You know, after ten years, he's 
you know, at the age of 35 or whatever it is, that he's finally become the player that they were looking for. So I can only think they did it as a, a thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But he played fucking amazing, so I don't know whether they've signed him. What they usually do is sign them to like a 10-day contract, give them mm. a few games and see if they prove themselves and then sign them on a longer contract. Well, he's only done those. Two, he's only played those two games and it was the end of the season. I doubt you're it? playing the playoffs. No. Are they, are they in the Lakers playoffs? in the play- I don't know. That's, this no, is your not, end. They? No, no. no, they're not. Oh, it's a nice, it's a, you know, it's a nice story. It's kind of like one of those things where, you know, how much do you reckon they get paid to play in the development league? Uh, it's not very much, embarrassingly. Is it like is um, it like like second division or first division football? Not right? even that much, I don't think. Oh, yeah, it's pretty shit. Uh, I did look into this before, but I'll I'll look into it for next okay, episode. Cool. Um, but yeah, so there we go. So, have we talked about the fact that you're having a kid on the podcast? Yeah, I think so. Okay, um, I've got Prager's wife. Twenty weeks in, she is. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, we did. We yeah, 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 yeah. we talked about it, um, didn't we? About her um, crying because Phil played a trumpet. On, yeah, Phil uh, played the trumpet, location. so she cried. Yeah. Any updates on um, things that have set her off? Anything else that's made you cry recently, babe? Anything else that's made you cry uncontrollably recently for no reason? Since Phil and the trumpet. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. Repeat that for the listeners. She cried yesterday because I loved you so much, was what she said. Can you tell her that it's not fun when she like makes it like serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah, babe. That, as beautiful as that was, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for some comedy content here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. So there yeah. was, uh, in case you have a boy, there was a, um, there was a, you're having two conversations at once, aren't you, sweetheart? No, no. Okay. I'm listening. There was, um, there was an Amazon review of, um, Kleenex, um, like men's, what they call it, what they call it, men's, what they call the man size, man, man size. size, there we go. So five stars for the man size. Um, this is from December eighth, two thousand and thirteen, for uh, Kleenex facial tissues white pack of two hundred and sorry three hundred sixty one, and it says, "I'm going to read the whole review because it's a fucking it's a treatise. It's beautiful." <laughs> I want to start this off by thanking Kleenex for selling these in thirty six packs. I've put it on subscription, and if they want to start selling seventy two packs, sign me up. I have three reasons for needing this much Kleenex, and their names are Liam, Samuel, Samuel, and Hank. This is how it goes in this house. First the Kleenex disappears, then the toilet paper, then they go for fabrics, and you don't want to know (laughs) (laughs) where it goes from there, unless you're ready to invest in a five-gallon drum of Febreze. This used to be a good Christian house, but it's (laughs) it's not about moral judgment anymore. I'm way beyond that. I'm in survival mode. If I don't supply absorbent paper products, I'm going to find the dish towels hidden in the basement, stiff as aluminium. The other day, (laughs) I almost cut my hand on a sock. I am sorry to speak so frankly, but with three teenage boys, a woman has to get practical. The funny part is, they think they're being sneaky with their 45 minute showers and sudden need for privacy as if I'm gonna walk in on them journaling. They slink around the house like unfixed cats, while I try to announce my location at all times. No one needs to ask me to knock anymore. I knock on walls. I practically wear a cowbell. I'm not looking to catch anyone by surprise, believe me. I'm just trying to get through this. And then there's, yeah, that's the, that's the end of it. There's a bit more, but I can't read it all. It's very good. Bless her cotton socks. So that's what you've got to look forward to if you have a boy. Well... Oh, there we go. I mean, I'm convinced that it's um, no. Actually, I've, I I decided that I quite want a boy, but um, but I think the 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 more strongly that I want a boy, the more likely it is it's going to be a girl. They're both. As somebody who has both a boy and a girl, um, King's Choice, as we like to call it in my house. Um, you want to have a you want to have a boy for your uh, lineage, and then you want to have a girl so you can I don't know auction her off. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know how it works. Um, I like I get a know. huge dowry. Yeah, huge dowry. Um, you have a uh, you have a different relationship with both, but I wouldn't want to not have. I don't think either is bad. I think they're just different different speeds. Did you catch any of that? I did. What's going on? <laughs> she said, "She said my belly button's ejecting stuff that's been in there for years. Now it's starting to pop out." Oh my gosh! Make sure the knots tied. Just, just in there chatting to herself. She's having a great time. She's having a whale of a time. She's off her nut. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Well, there we go. Good. Okay. So you recommend having one of each? Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I recommend having one and just pouring all your efforts into that one child. Yeah. Yeah, don't have a second one. Yeah, that's a strong shout. Unless you're going to, actually, if you're going to bang them out quick, if you're going to go Irish twins and um, yeah. you have then the have first five. one a year later, you have the second because that would be at Irish quintuplets, obviously. Irish well, twins are in the same year. Irish twins lunatic. have a, no, Irish twins have a year apart. Their birthdays are almost exactly the same. But there's a year between them. All right. Yeah. That's why I recommend. Yeah. Did you see the um, girl in Indiana? You know, I'm quite a spiteful person. I'm filled, my heart is filled oh, with hate. Horrendously spiteful. Yeah. I, I've been trying to pitch to Marvel for 15 years now a character called Spider Man who was bitten <laughs> by a spiteful man and now has the power of 10 spiteful men to be spiteful and it would just be an autobiography of my own life so there was this there was this um, girl in America who who went to a level of spite she went for yeah um, let's think about let's think about the theme tune for Spider-Man 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 I'm trying to think what the next bit will be is that incredibly spiteful for 10 years Um, I can't I can't I'm normally really good with it so I've written for later on um, basically rewritten the entire um, song um, Unbelievable by KLF um, to reference um, my politics for I'm going to get DCA to um, cover it for um, so we can have when I start to be political <laughs> we can just cut in John's political oh, 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 oh. i get them to practice in it I'll yeah, practice yeah. it on the ukuleles and banjo yeah perfect um, anyway, yeah, so the plan is just for those who don't know, the plan is to get do a live episode uh, after the rousing success of episode ten. Um, do a live episode with a house band, um, uh, dry clean only, uh, the UK's premium dad band. So stay tuned for that. Dad one. rock. Yeah. What songs should we get them to do? We they can only play songs they've never played before, and they've got to like try and. Just bang it out. Are you fucking jo- John? Are you fucking joking? I like. I want to see. They have been playing the same ten songs for fifteen years. I want to see um, Matt and Mark. Panicking. Matt's not in the band. Oh, is he not in the band? No. <laughs> Matt and AP. Uh, Mark and AP. Mark and AP. Who's the third yeah. member of DCA? Uh, Brian. Oh yeah, 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 the Irish fella. <laughs> Brian or Brian? Brian or Brian? Yeah. Um. So, he'll, he'll have a good old yarn with you about politics, mate. Fucking hell. Yeah. You might have to make it a two-hour episode. Only if he... I'm going to make him say over and over again, Sinn Féin is a legitimate political party. <laughs> I don't care if, if he's Protestant. I don't care. You've got your fucking... You've got your, you've got your notes. You've got your mark. You're going to hit it. Yeah. Yeah? Because I go. demand professionalism. Yeah? And professionalism is... Uh, and that's what I want. That's what yeah. I want. So anyway, back to um, back oh, to sorry. back to my new queen of spitefulness. Her name is Vega Blossom. She's a she's no, a not. she's a larger lady, yeah. And she was in. I'm gonna let her. And do you know what? Is she a stripper or a hooker with that name? No, she's no. She should be both, but she's not. She's a teen girl. I don't know how old she is. Um, but she is. She. I'm gonna. Let, I'm gonna let her talk in her own words. Tonight, I was petty. 
So I saw on Facebook that a local bakery was having a sale of everything before they closed tonight. So I headed over there. There was a lady in front of me getting a cake and a lady behind me with her friend as I was waiting in line. The lady in front of me took forever getting her cake and the lady behind was being really impatient and rudely talking about it. I ignored it until the lady in front of me left and I walked up to the counter. The lady turns to her friend and says, Thank God, now let's hope the fat bitch doesn't buy all the cupcakes. Originally, I was buying six, but as soon as I heard that, I bought every cupcake. I spent $34, no, sorry, $54 on cupcakes just to be an asshole. Happy Easter. <laughs> and that is a level of spitefulness that I can appreciate. Good. Where did you where did you come up with this shit, mate? That was on um that was doing was the rounds. On the news, on, that was, was the Daily Mail, yeah, Daily Mail. I, I mean I don't I don't agree with their with their politics. You know, Daily Mail, obviously a fascist rag, deserves But you'll fund their fund their hate. Uh, yeah, I just read it on uh, I just read it on Twitter. All oh, right. Yeah. But fuck so you don't em. fund their hate by going on their website. No, I refuse to. No. John, was that what was that wine full? No, it was a bottle from yesterday. All right. Old um, little Liam Wallace had a boxing match yesterday. Oh yeah, how did yeah. that go? It was uh, did he bang someone up. It was. It's called a skills match. So what they do <laughs> is they have it down the gym, um, and they've got big inflatable gloves on them. No, they've just got normal gloves on them. They've got headgear because obviously they're amateurs, and they get a good crowd in. So there's probably about thirty or forty people watching. Mm. And uh, you don't go full power. It's it's all about just getting used to fighting in front of people, getting used to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But also, um, he's quite a big lad. So the fella he was fighting, <laughs> with, he's about six foot... I'd say Liam's about six foot four, six foot five. The fella he was fighting was probably about 5'11 or six foot. Okay. And it was just, it was just horribly unfair because uh, <laughs> like Liam's, Liam's... Did you watch? Got, yeah, yeah, I went down and watched He's got quite good... Um, I don't know a lot about boxing, but what I know about boxing really boils down to what I need to know about boxing, which is how not to get hit. And you've got three... <laughs> when you're when you're defending... Uh, when you're fighting defensively, you've got three options to not get hit. And usually you need to incorporate two of them. So you've got your head movement. So your head isn't where the person's throwing the punch. Yeah. You've got your gloves or your arms. Yeah. So your guard, which is to bang off punches. Deflect um, blows. Deflect blows, exactly. And then you've got your legs, which is stepping yeah. back out of range. And because he's so long compared to the fellow that he was fighting, he he, <laughs> he kept he keeps his um uh his right glove on his chin, his defence yeah. against like hooks and stuff. But yeah. the basically the guy's glove his uh glove would just be touching when Liam moved his head back, would just be touching Liam's glove, and that was it. Um, but he was nice. He was throwing punches in bunches. He was nice. good movement. Um, he's just tippy tapping. You know, he's not trying to knock the guy yeah. out. But um, was it, did he? Um, was he deemed the winner, or do they not do that? They don't do that. They just it's a, it's a bit participation trophy. They just yeah, everyone yeah. gets one. But then they vote golden gloves at the end, and they gave it to someone else. But I didn't think the other fellas' fight was that much cop. There's a, there's a good oh, okay. there's a good number of fights. The kids fights on as well. Oh nice. It's good, yeah. So boxing. Where was so it? That's boxing. It was in order shop. Oh cool. Yeah. Oh good man. Anyway. When's he moving on to full full contact? He said he's gonna do one more of these skill shows and then he's gonna do an amateur fight. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get, nice. Go amateur. Um oh, cool. Should we talk about McGregor then? Yeah, go on then. So, what do you think? You're uh, you're the man in the street on this one. You're Vox Populi. So, so I just thought, why is he being a fucking knobhead? Like, um, like I never, I've I've never been, uh, and I'm very ready for the backlash on this. I've never really been a McGregor fan. No, I remember before uh, I got into. So, I remember before I got into uh, UFC, I started doing jujitsu before any of that. I came yeah. down to stay with you when you were living, still living in the flat uh, by the cricket yeah. ground. And me, you and Dan were talking about fights. And I was like, I don't know anything about this, boys. And you were talking about the Aldo fight coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was about it was the next week that I got home Yeah. that I read about McGregor. And I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll have to watch that fight then. Yeah. 
Um, so you, but and uh, you were really not very uh, keen on him then. No, and it's not you know it's not the you know he won a, he won some fights and he you know he's obviously kind of showman and he got everyone into the uh, into the kind of show of it and all that kind of stuff and that's great. But I was just like I don't know I find it a bit annoying like he was just like they talk over people at press conferences and just shout louder and just be mouth 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 and then it was like thinking he was taking some kind of moral victory away from that and I just I just find it a bit a bit like annoying and boring and like you know if you get if when you when you meet characters like that you know for example when I'm playing basketball if you meet characters with big egos who fucking um act like like they're the fucking shit like you're just like you're a bit of a cunt mate um so I, I just kind of felt like that like about him um and then and then but regardless of that fact regardless of how I felt about him I always thought at least you know at least he's playing a game at least he's doing something like he's building up um, an image he's building up a, a brand almost and like you know the UFC are having to pay him lots of money because he's so popular and all that kind of stuff so I kind of respected it and I also thought well maybe he's playing like head games with people he's getting people really fucking riley pissed off with him so they said so that when it comes to the fight they do stupid things and make silly mistakes that they wouldn't normally do because they're so fucking desperate to knock him out um and so i thought oh fair enough maybe that's kind of his thing and then and then um and then i saw that fucking video of them attacking the bus and i just thought it's just all gone out the window isn't it it's all bollocks he's just like he just comes across as some fucking stupid fuggy knob Basically, yeah, I think I think that's a, he thinks he's untouchable. I think that's a fair read of the, um, of the situation. I think like I think when I when I first heard of Conor McGregor before the what was going to be the first Aldo fight, but then it was he then fought Chad Mendes. Yeah. Um, he was he almost had a um, like a warrior poet thing going on. So he was, yeah. he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like, there was a, I remember there was a, a Fightland video. So Vice, Vice's um, combat sports um, website's called Fightland. And there was a Fightland video of him on a beach in Venice, like just chatting absolute shit, just like nonsense, just like, yeah, uh, about like the philosophy of like, of, of martial arts and yeah and then he yeah, started yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, the whole Edo Portal phase when he was fighting uh, Nate Diaz for the first time and stuff like that as yeah. Nate Diaz described it playing touch button in the park with your dork mate um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um, but what I, what I always liked about McGregor is number one he talked uh, he talked an interesting game it wasn't just the normal mm. f- so a, a good example of what if you want I understand what you're saying about his uh, his ego and and uh, shouting off his mouth and stuff like that, but there was always a bit more to it than that. There was always a, a level of humour undercutting everything, and B mm. uh, there was uh, an honesty as well. And he would show, um, you know, in interviews and, and things like that, he would show uh, after fights. He would show like a level of contrition. He would show a level of respect. It was very much like. Mm. You always got the idea that he was building up, building up a fight, but also building up himself for the fight. But afterwards, mm-hmm. he would be left with a profound sense of respect for the person he just fought. And a good example of somebody who's a fucking knobhead, who um, who doesn't uh, have that uh, kind of introspection, um, is a, there's a guy called Colby Covington who's currently fighting um, at welterweight, 170 pounds, yeah. um, and he's a fucking knobhead. Uh, and yeah. So and, and also like I think the there's worst. a bit there's a bit like Michael Bisping can be a bit like that as well. Yeah, Bisping's got the same thing though as McGregor in that he's for, he's a Bisping's got this idea of what a martial artist is, and he's also got a big mouth. So get himself into trouble before fights, but talk his way out of it after fights. He's very. He's like a. Do you think? Yeah, he's he's quite. Um, I th- I mean, I saw I saw him after. I can't remember what the last fight he had. Um, uh, would have been well, the last fight he had was Kelvin Gastelum, where he got knocked out. Um, but that was just after the GSP fight. Uh, so he lost against GSP in, in Madison Square Garden. We lost his um, middleweight belt. Yeah, there was a fight. There was a fight that I saw him relatively recently that he won, and he was fucking mouthing off to the guy. 
mm-hmm. even after he the last fight he out. won was um, oh no that was Luke Rockhold but you've got to understand that him and Luke Rockhold have got a very fractious relationship they do, they do not like each other now I won't hear a bad word against Luke Rockhold because he's my boyfriend and I love him <laughs> um <laughs> But, but still, that 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 attitude, I don't, I don't have, I don't have much in a way of respect for that. Like, you know, you just fucking knock someone out. Like, well, he he tried to in the ring. He that was actually I I I give the negativity on that one to Rockhold. Rockhold was not taking the fight seriously at all. Was like I beaten Bisbing before. He's an absolute nobody. He's a nothing. I'll do it again. Mm. And Bisbing knocked him out. And he was trying to be nice to him in the ring like knocked him out went over blah, 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 and Rockhold was still and then afterwards was giving it Rockhold in the press conference was like you know I should never you know should never effectively never have been beaten by somebody that I've got so little respect for with Michael Bisping and Bisping had tried mm. to do the no we've had our fight now and now we're you know now we can be friendly and then if we ever have to fight each other again then we could be dickheads again um, yeah. and he and he just responded very badly he also came into the press conference pissed <laughs> because he just want to fight and, and drinking beers afterwards, celebrating. Um, Fair enough. And yeah, and so so anyway, so um, so McGregor, but, but recent history and and really this is post deal. Now we should before you sorry sorry before you, you carry on we should pro- we should probably say for those who not necessarily that into the UFC. Um, so McGregor hasn't fought for ages. Someone else with basically fighting has been um, given the opportunity to fight for. Well, two people have been given yeah. the opportunity to fight for the belt that he's not holding because he hasn't fought for. Well, ages. he was still holding. Um, he was still holding until a oh, week ago. On fine. Saturday. Until yeah, yeah, until recently, and um, and then he, so he's got beef with this guy anyway. He got loads. Of, there's a bit more backstory to it, but the long and the short of it is he got some of his mates to turn up as some of the the UFC fighters were leaving um, a press conference they'd all got on this minibus and it was trying to drive out of the uh, out of the car park of the of the Barclays Center in in New York and uh, and his him and his guys like stormed in threw loads of stuff at the bus and he threw uh, like a little trolley jack mm. thing and through the window and it smashed the window and cut uh, cut one of the fighters yeah, cut who was fighting. Chiesa and uh, scratch to the point where he couldn't um, fight. Is that right? Yeah, Michael Chiesa had a cut above his eye, and because yeah. it was the day before, it wouldn't heal up, and it would just open up in the fight again. So the the um, sanctioning yeah. body wouldn't sign off his fight. But yeah. what was the other guy? I can't remember the other guy's name, but the other guy who fights at um, uh, not lightweight fights at bantamweight, no flyweight. Sorry. Can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, he got a scratched retina, scratched cornea, or whatever, like scratches oh, really? on his eyes. Yeah, and he couldn't fight either. So they had. So he fucked. So he fucked the whole event, basically, didn't he? Well, not really. It was still a great event. Um, I think, like, uh, I think, I think, the last fight that um, the McGregor had in the UFC was against Eddie Alvarez, and it was where he became the champ. Champ is where he won the lightweight belt while he still held the featherweight belt. Mm. First person in the history of the UFC to do that. A couple of weeks later, the UFC stripped him of the featherweight belt because they needed a belt um, in a kind of a late notice cancellation fight. So but the interim belt was already being held by Jose Aldo. So they stripped Conor McGregor of his belt, gave Aldo the real belt, and Max Holloway fought for the uh, for the interim belt. Uh, right. Then there's been about 12 months of nothing much happening with McGregor in the UFC, except for he was involved in one of the biggest fights of all time, which was him fighting Floyd Mayweather, yeah, which yeah. the UFC was involved with and signed off with. He would never have been allowed to do that. So UFC was absolutely happy for him to do that. Yeah, there was yeah. then talk of um, when uh, Tony Ferguson, who was the person who could, this guy Khabib was due to fight, the guy mm-hmm. that that um, Connor really doesn't well really was trying to throw a, uh, a trolley through a window at um, mm. there was talk of them stripping him for that fight the first time that fight was due to happen and anyway they were due to fight again Tony Ferguson is the was the current interim belt holder see this is the problem with the UFC is they put belts on everything it's incredibly confusing there's no lineal progression of belts they strip mm. people they give it to someone else because they need to sell pay-per-views because they just spent $4 billion buying it. Mm. 
to go back to Conor McGregor, the problem with Conor McGregor is two <laughs> things. Well, number one, he's been affected by money. Yeah. He's the richest mixed martial artist in the history of mixed martial arts, probably by yeah. two or three times at this point. Yeah, the closest yeah. person to him is George St. Pierre, I would say, in terms of raw money that he's okay. made. And so he's been affected by money and he's surrounded by knobheads. McGregor wants to be a gangster. His biggest dream in the world is to be uh, is not to be the premier combat sport sportsman. His biggest dream in the world is to be some kind of like is to be Tony Montana. Like that's what yeah. he really wants to be. He wants to be Tony Montana because it's 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 a simple man's uh, dream of of being feared and respected. Yeah. What what I what I find interesting is so after after watching it, um, all of the first the, when the story first broke, there was loads of uh, video um, v- um, like camera footage, like everyone who was there and everyone on the bus had their iPhones out and they were all yeah. videoing it. And there was a, and then like there was a there was actually and, a documentary crew with in the inside well, the bus as well. Well, this is what I was going to say. And then like a couple days later, there's like you know fucking tv quality high definition footage mm. of the whole thing like surfacing yeah and i was just like it made me very skeptical i was thinking is this actually some big fucking scam to get everyone talking about the ufc and no there's a there was a documentary crew following khabib anyway so who were the who, so who were the people videoing from outside the bus they were um the ufc's uh what do you call it UFC's so own they, people. Why, why, why were they? How were they able to respond so quickly? I mean, I don't, I don't want to fucking zapruder to film it. the. Uh, <laughs> I imagine that they just. I imagine. Well, I, I don't know if it was the UFC's own people. Actually, I've said that, and I don't actually know. I just assume. <laughs> it, do you know what it probably was? It was probably an independent who got uh, uh, who got the mm. who got that footage. There was a non-UFC um, film crew in the in the van as well in the in the bus as well it all looks it all looks very kind of very well recorded yeah i mean well i i don't think the i mean i mean it'll be the biggest selling ufc event ever yeah. if 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 mcgregor fights khabib it'd be the biggest selling ufc event ever if mcgregor fought khabib anyway the 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 the, the fight so the, the fight sells itself because mcgregor's got a a name the hardcore fans watch every single UFC event, yeah, or watch yep. the majority, and they'll they'll skip some, and you'll see a card that sells a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand pay per views. Um, but the the hardcore is about three hundred thousand people. Um, the fights that sell close to or over a million, so about the about the eight hundred thousand mark is when you're talking like a Ronda Rousey, a Brock Lesnar. Uh, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor's yeah. next fight will be the biggest fight in UFC history because his last fight was the biggest fight in, uni- in UFC history. If, yeah, but do you think they'll, be, the you think they'll let him history. back? You think they'll let him? Yeah. You think they'll have him back? Yeah. Combat sports is about money. It's not about. Um, it, I mean, it, it, there's no morality. Well, all involved. sports is about money. Yeah. Well, yeah. But combat sports specifically is is one of the most morally bankrupt sports you can see. Even after the interview, did you see the interview with Dana White? Yeah, but then the next day he was like, um, "Yeah, me and Connor have had a great chat after the fight." It was like me and Connor have had a really good talk, and you know we understand what's going on. You know we've, and you know I think he really respects me. And he'd been arrested, hadn't he? he, he when he was arrested, the day yeah. the the day before the fight, the UFC the one that pub you know that put out. Um, I think they call it what do they call it. It's called something like UFC Unfiltered or UFC... Oh, UFC Embedded is what it's called. Because, you know, they're ridiculous want to all be soldiers in America. Um, <laughs> who's more the troops than mixed martial artists? It's why t- Kim T- t- uh, Tim Kennedy is the hero that he is because he is at the same time a mixed martial artist and an actual troop. Is he? Yeah, he's, um, in, the, he's in the Rangers, I think. 
Ooh. Yeah, he's an army. That's he's a good one, isn't super it? army soldier. Um, yeah, super army soldier. He's also, you know, I love Tim Kennedy, but the guy's a fucking fascist. Like he is an absolute, <laughs> like he's he's a beautiful, beautiful right wing head case. And um, there's a story of um, Usada turning up on his street and him sneaking out of his house, climbing over a neighbor's fence, coming up the backside of the car with a gun drawn because he thought they were ISIS. Uh, anyway. So Dana White published the, you know, that video was here the day before the fights. Was that was his thing on Instagram? He published that video of uh, of it all happening. It's the highest um, YouTube, like highest amount of YouTube views um, of any UFC embedded. It's it, as soon as money is. If there was, if for example, if Conor McGregor went to prison, if they're not going to do this, but say they sent him to prison for six years. They're never going to do that. But say that say that was a possibility. Yeah. Then there would be... No one would... Dana White would be washing his hands of Conor McGregor at the moment. But he'll get a slap on the wrist. He'll get a fine. He'll pay out a few payoffs to the fighters that were involved. Um, and it'll all be fine. Because this is going to be... This is... He'll probably pay out two million in fines and um, lawsuits. And he'll probably yeah. make an additional five million off of the um, press that this will generate for the eventual Khabib fight. Because that's okay. how fight games work. Yeah. Tyson was convicted, not accused, convicted of rape and went to prison and came out and still sold millions of pay-per-views. Still yeah. one of the biggest fighters of all time. You know when we said like talking for like half an hour about cricket on the last episode was really fucking boring. Yeah, but I'm really interested in uh, mixed martial arts. So. <laughs> yes, but nobody else is. Well, I think this. I like, thought we were briefly going to touch on McGregor throwing things through bus windows. Well, I mean, and, we can cut all this out. And now my recording's at an hour and ten minutes. Is there anything else we want to touch off on? Do you want to? You got a list, haven't you? Yeah, yeah but I. Um... Is some it all of it, UFC? Some of it we can... Um, <laughs> is the whole list UFC? Some of it's political and some of it's um, we can touch on next week. Mm. Um, um, uh, Hulkster in heaven. We keep ignoring it. No, it's just not even bothered with Hulkster in heaven. It's an important uh, part. Can I... Um, oh, this is this is the thing that made me write um, the John's political theme tune. Um, <laughs> I want to finish off by talking about censorism. And I found the there's a I found out uh, I found the so do you know centrism in politics is uh, the idea that there is um, like a window of acceptable discourse so acceptable political opinions running from the left wing to the right wing and within that window there is a center ground and the center ground is where the thoughtful um, pragmatic thinkers sit yeah okay um, yeah I, we, I think most people will understand what you mean by centrist politics yeah so centrism but what centrism really is is um this idea that the left and the right are equally bad and i found the so so the left wing who um would probably like call a centrist person a male or a slug um or a dweeb or a fucking dickhead or whatever is just as bad as people on the far right who um, want to, you know, like murder Jews and black people and um, anybody who's not white. And and I found a so there's a there's a centrist party in America <laughs> who published yeah. um, like their um, their kind of ideals and what they're looking for. Mm. Um, and under one of the sections, they said moderation. Yeah, and this is this is the this is what they're delivering. Yeah, it's moderation, and it says we oppose extremists on the right who want to murder all non-whites, ground their bones into dust, and build a perfect Aryan union fueled by hatred unimaginably, unimaginably pure. We also oppose equally extreme movements on the left who want a higher tax rate on incomes over $200,000. <laughs> and that's the problem with... To get political for a second, that's the problem with centrism, is the moral equivalency in their mind between... People who want to round up and murder everybody who doesn't adhere to a pure Aryan dream race and people who want to charge rich people slightly more so that we can, you know, like fun hospitals. To look after sick people and educate children. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the problem with centrism is that that moral equivalency. 
Who do you know? Is that is that been spurred on by something? Have you had a ranty conversation with someone that I know? No, 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 no. I haven't. I haven't. I don't talk to her about politics anymore because it's just embarrassing. It's oh, just right. like it's just it's just. It, I mean, I don't want to be. I'm a feminist, and I believe that women have um, the power to believe whatever they want. But you know, if you're going to believe stupid things, I feel like I should be able to um, take the piss out of you. Um, she uh, she po- she posted. Um, did she listen? I don't know. Have you had any feedback from her? Don't no, I haven't had any feedback. So this this person posted a picture of Johnny Rotten on Facebook. Oh, I saw that. And, did it, you was, see and it? it was that fucking conservatism is the new punk. A Johnny yeah. Rotten was a reactionary piece of shit when he was like in the zeitgeist anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. like he's a fucking I mean I'm not 100% sure on this but I guarantee if I Wikipedia Wikipedia Johnny Rotten for me right now and just see which public school he went to okay hold on because I bet he's privately educated probably and he's got shit hair and he's a cunt and naturally when you get older you become well, I just more thought I just thought suggesting that like like it did, it didn't it didn't make a great deal of sense to me because um, uh, so he's he's suggesting that that like because like punk was like anti-establishment mm. right and the establishment now is apparently Marxist. is conservative you know I mean the establishment now yeah of course the establishment is the rich and the powerful and there aren't any fucking rich or powerful Marxists so so how so how is punk now to be establishment it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah well I mean. He's um, fucking adult. Yeah. Not the smartest. Born in London in 56. Working class immigrants from Ireland. Oh, he moved to a two-room Victorian flat in Burnwell Road. Holloway. Oh, so he's a class traitor then. <laughs> well, he wasn't when he was a punk. Yeah, I'm sure he was. I thought the, I thought the Sex Pistols were all um, public school boys. Anyway, lived on the edge of an. Unge- oh, it doesn't go anything about his school, uh, but okay. I just I can see. Yeah, fuck him. Um, he did a fucking butter advert, so you know he's he's really retaining his uh, punk roots, punk ethos by uh, doing a fucking advert for Country Life Butter or whatever it's called. Not even the good bar. Kerry Gold is the good bar. <laughs> yeah, he's got. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Call him a cunt. Um, he went on to attend Hackney College. Uh, that sounds nah, yeah, Hackney, that sounds like poly to me. Right at school, yeah. yeah. Um, sounds like sounds like Farnham. Sounds like Farnham. Bring it all back. <laughs> and the left the episode is complete. Anything else we need to talk about before I go? I don't think so, pal. I feel like uh, it's been a tough slog for you tonight, isn't it? No, I think it's been alright. Okay. I've got going. It's fine. I'm I'm dying upwards with my shoulder and my neck. Oh yeah, I've, I've pulled a I've muscle seen, in my neck. I've only seen your your shiny pate this evening. Well, it's because I'm sat on the sofa as opposed to sat facing a wall because yeah. I can't deal with the abuse that I get about the qu- audio <laughs> quality on this show. It's hurting my feelings. <laughs> it's your, It's only your end, mate. Mine's fine. Yeah, I, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to see you got on top of the uh, the volume of the fucking audio the music that you paste onto the end though <laughs> well thank you um yeah well i mean well it was it was it was a, it's a learning curve for you. i'm sorry did you go to university to be a sound engineer and you're fucking critiquing me sort of. a neophyte sort of sort of um didn't you go to, didn't you go to, didn't you go to college to study art mm. <laughs> well are you an artiste? I went, to, I went to college to follow around a six foot tall Norwegian girl. Um, so we get Jane Kent more often, shall we? I want Nick on full time. She, she I want Nick on full time. And I want, I, I, I want honestly, Rob been, to have I've been a sex dream about um, killing Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and me and him burying the body together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, alright. Well I'll get I'll I'll have a conversation again with Nick. We he should, keeps dodging. We me. should do a live episode at um Ghetto Blasters. Ghetto Blasters. Ghetto Blasters. What was the date? Did you see it? I didn't, I can't remember. She's got a fucking Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, go follow follow Jane Kemp. Follow Jane Cakes forty seven or uh, Ghetto Blasters on uh, Instagram if you just do a search for that. We were supposed Check to out actually I forgot I've I've been um 
Uh, You've been hoarding cake puns. No, I haven't. I've, I haven't even really put much thought into it. I've been letting the side down, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah, me and Lena did a few the other day, but I can't remember any of them now. Well, good. There you go. Uh, if you want to write in with your cake puns, we'll we'll read them out on air and uh, get them over to Jane Cakes Forty Seven. Mm, good. Um, all right then. Well, um, do the usual things. Follow us on Twitter at Good As Hell Cast. Um, some random American woman's following us now because there's a um, R&B star who's got a song called Good As Hell, um, ah. and she's put two and two together. Um, Brilliant. And I can't remember her name, Good but um, if you're listening, thank you for being. Um, thank you for thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Thank you very much. Travel down the road and back again. My word is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Um, email us good as hell podcast at gmail.com. All the ones. Um, I want to get a. Um, I want to get a answer phone service so we can get people calling in. Nice to play it back okay. on the podcast. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna look into how we do that. Investigate. Is it just going to be Jane phoning in? This is going to be Jane phoning in. Right, let's wrap it up yeah. quickly because I've just said Isabel starts screaming. Okay. All right then. Well, uh, take care, guys. Bye. 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 Let's fuck off. Overproduced by Martin Hannett. Take four.